Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary, and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast, Out of Patience, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Hey, I'm Alora Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. All right, so we're not going to let's get at it with Elora. We're going to let's get at it with Andrew because she had the balls to go on vacation. Can you believe it? So Folger's challenge, we've secretly replaced Delora with Andrew McDowell. Let's see if anyone notices. <laughs> what a strange restaurant this is. <laughs> so we are nano, nano, nanosless. 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 Eluraless. I don't know. We're Eluraless. We're Andrewful. Andrewful. And uh, we're also very well Zachary. <laughs> Perhaps too Zachary <laughs> for anyone's taste. Anyway, welcome back to this week's episode of Vax On. We got a whole lot of crap to talk about and bitch about and sort of react to. But again, in the role of Elora, we are welcoming our ginger haired friend whose hair you hopefully might hear one day on the show. Can you hear it? Can you hear the hair? <laughs> hear the hair. <laughs> All right. So let's start out. How was your week, my friend? How was my week? Well, look, man, I have to say that the the Delta variant is currently being uh, assigned major responsibility for drops in the stock market, right? And in consumer confidence levels, it's beginning to creep back into my consciousness and I'm beginning to grow concerned. I don't know about you. Uh, about the prospect of uh, another lockdown coming in the next several months. So uh, I don't know how you feel about that. I'd like you to talk me down from that ledge if you feel like doing so. I don't love the poorly educated. I do not love the poorly educated. Uh, It's yet another opinion I do not share with our 45th president. Well, I had an experience uh, this past weekend. We New York City has a ferry system. It's like the subway system. It's only two bucks to get on. Yeah. And it takes you to, from piers to piers. It's fantastic on a nice day. You're on a boat in New York Harbor. It's fantastic. And yet, because it's part of the MTA, 
you have to wear a mask on the ferry, which I understand, but there's an upstairs that's outdoors with no roof on a boat on the ocean in the middle of nowhere. And they make you wear a mask on the roof of the boat. It is public transit. I couldn't understand that. <laughs> but to be honest with you, like, no one was wearing a fucking mask on the top of the boat. No. Yeah. And like, not like they have, like, you know, um, Paul Blart, the mall cop, you know, going through the ferry and kind of hitting people with a cane saying, put your mask on. There was no compliance there. But to the New Yorker credit, everyone inside was wearing a mask and everyone outside was like, fuck this. Yes. It was a gorgeous day. Yeah. I'm with them. I, I, I don't think I would have been wearing my mask either. Yeah. But that's my COVID update personally, is that MTA, I want to say go suck it, but I kind of understand that you have to be all or nothing. Yeah. I am very tired of trying to empathize with the people who are not choosing to get vaccinated. And what's really galling to me, Matt, is that it's just not an individual choice. You know, uh, these people are offering up their bodies as a platform to allow variants to evolve and improve upon their mission in life, which is to make it past the barriers that we're attempting to create for them. Well, like the Epsilon variant is one douchebag away. It sure is. It sure is. And, you heard it here, folks. And, you know, we'll be talking about we'll be talking about this later in the show. But there are people who continue to get tested for COVID based on the occupations that they've pursued in life. And among the vaccinated people uh, in those occupations, the people who are getting tested, we are continuing to see plenty of examples that's going well beyond mere anecdote of people who are getting the coronavirus, usually the Delta variant, despite the fact that they've been vaccinated. They are asymptomatic carriers of this virus, despite the fact that they've been vaccinated. That is awful. But we already knew that that was going to be the case. Getting vaccinated makes you pretty much immune to having anything bad happen to you from any variant, for that matter. But you might still carry it and spread it. That's right. Yeah, we knew this. But my own experience of, of dealing with this pandemic is that there's so much information to keep track of and it apply and all of it applies to each tiny decision that you make each day that it's impossible to keep it all in one's mind all at once and i think that's one of the reasons that we that we're working on this show right um it's important for people to continue to understand the key information that's at play uh, when it comes to this pandemic uh, as they go through their lives i think what's also maybe encouraging the unvaccinated in scenarios where, where I was reading the other day on NPR that one of the leading factors that are driving people hesitant to get vaccinated are that many events are requiring vaccination. But that brings us to our first story where this piece of shit naturopathic physician in Northern California, who thankfully was arrested and charged was actually giving fake immunization treatments and fake vaccination cards to people that didn't get the Moderna vaccine. So the people that chose to not get vaccinated went to this back alley asshole mm -hmm. and got these seemingly Photoshopped cards that said, I've been vaccinated so they can then go to go see, I don't know, 
Axl Rose or whatever the hell their their event of choice was that mandated vaccine cards. Yes, uh, these were uh, homeoprophylaxis. Homeoprophylaxis immunization. Wait, that's a lot of syllables. Yes. So this person, uh, Julie A. Mazzi, not a doctor, uh, was was charged with a count of wire fraud and one count of false statements related to healthcare matters by the U.S. Department of Justice. This person handed out these supposed immunizations in pill form. The recipients of this supposed therapy were told that there were small amounts of the virus in the pills that they took, uh, and then they were given these fake vaccination cards. Well, you know, I suppose that the bright side of this is that there is a market for these cards. Uh, people feel like they need to be at least seen as having been vaccinated. Uh, hopefully, I mean, for the record, I like my vaccines in pill form. Oh, I would, I would uh, certainly have preferred that myself. <laughs> uh, but By the I, way, there is no vaccine in pill form. No vaccine in pill they form, They don't folks. come in pill form, these poor people. <laughs> very frustrating. Uh, of course, there are all kinds of scams related to this very significant crisis. Um, hopefully, this is not part of some larger trend. But you're right. I think, you know, it's like uh, see and need, fill and need. You know, these people that don't want to get vaccinated and yet want to go on the cruise ship have these fake cards and they find this back alley douchebag. And I'm sure that this person is one of many, many people taking horrible advantage of, of unseemingly unwilling, perhaps ignorant or misinformed people. Hey, psst. I feel like it's, yo, Spike, I got the Mots. Remember that commercial from the 80s? Sure do. I got the pill form of the vaccine. <laughs> right. Personally, Matt, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am, I am not a Republican. I don't uh, hail from that side of the spectrum, but I do. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> but I do know some Republicans, and I got to, I got to know a, a few people uh, whose, whose way of thinking I, I, can, I can respect. Uh, one of them is a guy named Patrick Ruffini, who is a Republican pollster. And uh, he's actually been doing some interesting work when it comes to the sort of messaging that might work in getting vaccine-hesitant Republicans uh, to make the decision to get vaccinated. Is that the biggest segment of the population not interested in getting vac vaccinated? I don't know whether it is or not. So uh, we'll need to come back to that uh, on a future segment. Dear fact check. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll fact check that and get back to you. But what I do know is that according to his message testing, messages along the following lines are what is most likely to work for people on the right who are vaccine hesitant. It goes something like this. Donald Trump got vaccinated. The vaccines were developed under his watch. So get vaccinated so that the liberals will shut up about COVID. So immunity to own the libs. Yeah, go ahead. Fine. <laughs> Use that messaging. I'm comfortable with it. Own me. Get vaccinated. Say, give credit to Donald Trump for producing the vaccine if that's what you need to do. Uh, Operation Warp Speed worked. It happened under the Trump administration. Go ahead and look upon the vaccine as being the work of Donald Trump if that's what persuades you to get vaccinated. But get vaccinated. Right. 
Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Right. Damn be freedom and all that choice I should not make and get your Medicaid out of my government. Exactly. We need to get past this preposterous poison of the politicization of our thinking about this. It's a very simple matter. So to our second segment. Yeah, in the geopolitical contest that is our neighbor to the north. Canada has just surpassed the U.S. in terms of its vaccination As of rates. this recording, yes. Over 49% of Canadians are now fully vaccinated and 70% had received at least one dose as of Saturday. Uh, the U.S. now trails Canada by about one percentage points, point among the fully vaccinated and only 55% have received at least one dose in the United States. So, you know, when you take a step back from these numbers, what really stands out is that Canada and virtually every other country in the world were at a big disadvantage in terms of vaccine availability. In the, at the onset, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, what, what Canada did at the outset was they actually uh, spread out their contracts uh, across seven different possible pharmaceutical developers in order to play it safe and not bet on just one big win. And so as a result, their ability to vaccinate their population was hampered. I feel like we've been talking about how X percentage of Americans have received their first dose for six months. Have people just decided not to get a second dose? I don't think we have that covered here in the... What, what are your thoughts on that? It's, it's rather stunning to me. You know what? There was actually a moment since, since I am just speaking personally. I myself had, I, I had COVID, asymptomatic COVID uh, back in February. Uh, and after I got my first dose, I started reading about the fact that the New England uh, Journal of Medicine uh, declared that it might not be necessary to get a second dose. Right. So For I think, people who had it. Yep. And One dose might have been enough. Yeah. So that's, that's the sort of inflection that, uh, that I myself was subjected to. And it's possible that others, for very different reasons, might have made the same decision. Um, I suppose that uh, deciding to talk about how many people have received the first dose of vaccine might give some people the impression that that's enough in some way. Well, we've also been talking about the, the great unknown. Yes. Which is of all the people who are refusing to get vaccinated that may have had it already, that may still have antibodies. That's, the, that's again, the great unknown. Mm -hmm. Will we reach a level of, I feel like the hysterical blindness version of herd immunity, where we just don't know what's happening, but we're there. And yet, you know, we're still going to have people going to the hospital and we're still going to have the 99.9% .9 of people going to the hospital being unvaccinated. But if mortality is down from where it was a year and a half ago, we're getting more and more people that are just going through shit to get antibodies. Yes, that's right. It seems like the direction that we're heading in is one in which Canada and other countries, which got a slow start based on the availability of the vaccine- They've lapped us. Will lap us. They will, they will pull ahead of us 
and it will be an information quality based victory for them in terms of their vaccination levels. That's depressing. Um, I love and hate this country. Yes, I do too. It's a love and hate relationship. But go Canada. Go Canada. Good for them. And uh, I, I pray that we find a way to catch up. I mean, as we see people who have been part of the problem start to become part of the solution. You know, Sean Hannity recently uh, told all of his audience to take this seriously and to get vaccinated. I hope there's more and more of that uh, because it's really only going to be those, the, the people who uh, contributed to this problem who can help solve it regrettably. I think the, another, like, I'm just going to ask this question and we know there's no answer to it. Who benefits in society by continuing to promulgate the myth that vaccines are bad? The people who are promulgating it uh, and the people who are serving up this garbage information to people simply because it produces a devoted audience for them. That's what it's all about. That's, that's the, the only people experiencing a benefit are the people who are sharing this disinformation. It's terrifying. It certainly it's is. It's not surprising, and it's not really terrifying because we kind of know that that's the way the media works. But again, all props to Canada for doing the right thing. I'm unsurprised that we're going to get lapped by probably way more countries than Canada. But I think we're preaching to the choir with our listeners. We are phenomenally amazing listeners who are probably okay with this and, and hopefully – I know we talked about last week, just to wrap up this, this segment here, that some people were waiting for the FDA to fully approve or fully clear the vaccine so they're not in like the emergency use authorization status. I don't know how many people will just say, oh, now it's safe after 200 million people get it and no one died from it. But if that's what it takes and we get a few more people and your Republican strategist friend says that do it for the Trumpist in you. All the better for this country. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, I'm really not concerned about uh, what it is that motivates you to do it, as long as you do it. And you know, I, I'd like to suggest to our listeners uh, that you reach out to us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and tell us what type of messaging you think would be most effective in helping the, the vaccine hesitant person in your life change their attitude about getting vaccinated. Which reminds me for next week, I want to cover the fact that Ohio gave up on this lottery system. Ohio was offering up money to incentivize people who were hesitant to get vaccinated. Imagine that, like, go get this tiny little needle once, because it was like, I think the J&J, the one shot, and we'll give you like $1,000. And people stop doing it. Anyway, we will pursue that lead I want to learn more about that. I did not know, know that the lottery had been ended. Uh, I'd love to know their reasoning behind it. Yep. So speaking of lotteries, we're going to play some ads now, which has nothing to do with the lottery. I just want to segue out. Let's make some money. Ah. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, we're back for what I consider to be the worst use of my machinations on a topic, which is sportsing. <laughs> We're back to the Olympics. I'm aware it's a thing. I know there's five rings. I know Japan's kind of messing it up a little bit. And we talked about this last week, but Elura takes the lead because she's a sportsing-ish kind of person with her kayaks and, and her flutes and whatever. No, flutes aren't sports. <laughs> but you are a sportsish kind of guy. And just t- what the hell's happening with the Olympics? We're getting so much closer to like like uh, the VE day of Olympics. Vax on the flutes aren't sports edition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay me. Yeah. So uh, this is a story about COVID at the Olympics. Uh, two athletes in the Olympic Village have tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, the, this represents the first instance of athlete infections inside the village. All people came from the same country, they're participating in the same sport, and they've all been isolated in individual rooms. So far, overall, 55 people affiliated with the games, this includes people who are not athletes, support staff, et cetera, have tested positive for the coronavirus since the committee began tracking infections earlier this month. Now, this is something that's happened on uh, TV shows. It's something that happens among people who are still getting tested. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have not gotten myself tested for COVID-19 since I was vaccinated. Well, I had it twice. Yeah, because we traveled internationally. Mm-hmm. We had oh, I suppose in- you did, didn't you? We had the negative going down, negative coming back. All four of us. That's right. When you when you went to Turks and Caicos. Yes. Yeah. So I myself, I I wonder uh, whether or not I might test positive again at some point. Uh, I've already had it. We talked last week about the idea that why the hell didn't they mandate that all athletes and anyone involved in the Olympics mandatory vaccinations. I don't know why they didn't do that. And is that not, it, it was not mandated no, for the Olympics? it was not, man, we discussed this last week. It was not mandated. I see. COVID testing is mandatory, but getting vaccinated to be in the Olympics as an athlete, as a coach, as a supporter, as a whatever other people are there, they didn't mandate it. And I don't know why and it angers me. This has got to be the first time 
that, and please fact check me on this at VaxonPod uh, on Twitter, but this has got to be the first time that a majority of the population in the host country is against holding the Olympic Games. Yeah. That is the case here. 55% of the Japanese population does not want these games to be happening right now. Correct. It's, it's, it's stunning. Um, and, you know, sports is not something that, that I know you, you love a great deal, and neither do I. I'm really. aware of it. I watched Space Jam. It serves as a crucible. The new one. Did you see the first one, by the way? Okay, this is an important segue. I forced my kids to watch the first one, but by forced, I mean I just turned it on and they watched it, and yes, it was great. Watching it, rewatching it after all these years. I'm not here to talk about it being great. I don't think it was great. I just wish Bill Murray was in the second one. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, that would have helped. That would have helped. Not Newman, just Bill Murray. But what I want to home in on is that the We're first- on purpose, by the way. This is, this is sports. Sportsing. We're sportsing. Sports. Okay. We're sportsing. Okay. The first Space Jam features a scene in which there is a basketball stadium being covered with a massive tarp. And outside of that basketball stadium, David Stern, the NBA commissioner, is telling the media, there will be no more basketball until we can guarantee the safety of our athletes. You just blew my prophetic pop culture mind. Insane. And that must have been noticed by somebody on Twitter back in, back in March of 2020 when the NBA did just that. Right. But it was, it was a, a stunning, very weird uh, bit of cultural vertigo that I experienced when I saw that. Well, I'm here to promote Space Jam 2. Not a sponsor. Just really enjoyed it. I'd like them to be. And I knew who LeBron James was only because I was in Cleveland once and he's on every billboard before <laughs> he went to these seven other basketball teams that I only know about now because I watched Space Jam. <laughs> but I got to tell you, that guy can act. It's bizarre. He can act. He, uh, yeah, if, uh, if he was competing against Michael Jordan for acting chops uh, and facial hair for that matter, right. uh, he, he, he definitely does come out ahead, no doubt about it. But, I mean, again, I, I kind of learned a lot about his career because they keep, like, it was like all throwing shade at him for all the, sh the teams. He went here, went back there, went there. It was just endless ripping on him. <laughs> this whole meta level, you know, that it was such a great thing. And it was also like this insane commercial for everything Warner Brothers. They threw, the, it was like Ready Player One was everything Spielberg. Yes. This was a total Warner Brothers commercial for itself. But it was good popcorn. It was a great story. And again, to your point, there was no coronavirus narrative in protecting the athletes. But you just nailed a good old-fashioned 1995 relevancy. Stunning. I'll, uh, I'll hunt down that clip and I'll, I'll, I'll share it uh, with, with, with our Twitter feed. Fun fact for the listeners, the original Space Jam website is still up from 1995. They've never changed it. Just I think it's just spacejam.com or whatever. <laughs> it's still there. It looks like, you know, the, with the blinking GIFs and everything from the 90s. Wow. Anyway, end of Space Jam promotion. End of Space Jam promotion. And uh, temporary end of sportsing. And are we also at the end of this episode? I believe we're at the end of the episode. I have enjoyed this episode. I, I miss Allura greatly, but it's, it's been quite Andrewful. <laughs> 
What an Andrewful world. I see trees of green. Yes. Or in your case, trees of red for your hair. Yes, it's true. It's true. Red roses. You're making me feel so welcome. That's my job. <laughs> All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed this eluralist, nanoless, Andrewful episode of Vaxon. And we'll see you back next week. Have a good one. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seely and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seely. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.